2: Hello, hope you're okay. It's Tuesday, March the 2nd, and we've got plenty coming up on today's podcast, including news on a new COVID variant and a look ahead to tomorrow's budget. But first, more COVIDiots have been caught and fined in Kent. Turns out a couple we told you about yesterday, who had to be rescued after getting stuck in mud on Sheppey, had actually travelled from London to go for a walk. The 23 and 30-year-olds were pulled out by emergency crews at a rather windy Warden Bay on Sunday afternoon. Known, and police weren't impressed.
3: I understand you travelled 37 miles to come for a walk, and that's not ended very well for our view. Okay. Luckily, you're both absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, stay safe. Uh, don't do this again. Don't get stuck in right.
2: More than 100 other fines were issued in Kent over the weekend, including to a woman who was hiring out off road bikes in Ashford.
0: What's the situation then?
3: Bikes all in order, riders all in order, but breaching COVID guidelines.
0: So Are you go uh, for a ride, yeah? It's
3: exercise, but
0: basically, I'm just going to. What's going to happen is that you're going to be reported uh, for breaching the coronavirus uh, restrictions, okay? By being out without an essential reason. So you do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defence. you're not mentioned now, something which you laid to in court, anything you do say may be given evidence. What we're going to advise you guys is that you guys need to go back home and not go out for bike rides. Until the lockdown starts to ease and you are allowed to be out with other people, then obviously the rules change. But as it stands at the moment, we're still on our tightest restrictions because obviously the uh, COVID rate still being quite high.
2: Some more COVID news now. And you might have heard about a new variant that's been discovered. Well, this one is known as the Brazilian variant. Six cases were identified last month. However, one person didn't fill in their form properly and hasn't been traced yet. Today, the health secretary has confirmed they've narrowed the search.
3: We've identified the batch of home test kits in question. Our search has narrowed from the whole country down to 379 households in the southeast of England, And we're contacting each one.
2: Matt Hancock said the variants caused significant challenges in Brazil, and it's not clear yet if current vaccines are effective against it. Meantime, it's now been a month since people in part of Maidstone were tested for the South African variant, but it's still not known if any new cases were found. 10,000 samples were collected by teams who went door-to-door after someone in the ME15 postcode area contracted the more contagious strain. The results that came back positive needed to be sequenced, but we don't have all of the results yet. Martin Cox is the leader of Maidstone Council. He says they've been waiting far too long.
3: So we're ticking all the boxes. We're doing as we were asked to do. And I'm afraid that's where it stopped because the residents are concerned. They want to know what the results are, just like anybody else would. You don't go to the dentist, have an x-ray done and then wait a couple of months to find out you've got an abscess. So it really is important that the government and ourselves keep the residents' uh, approval of doing things like this. And the buy-in is important. So I think it's very important that they give us the test results as they said they would.
2: And finally, on COVID today, it's understood Kent's latest mass coronavirus vaccination centre will open in Chatham. Medway is yet to have a facility, while others have opened in recent weeks in Folkestone, Thanet, Tunbridge and Gravesend. While a number of locations in the towns have been suggested, it's thought the Pentagon Centre has been chosen. Dr Julian Spinks is a Medway GP.
4: As we're starting to do the
5: second doses of vaccines for people, that's going to push up the number of vaccinations we need to deliver to people quite dramatically. So it would be much better to have extra resources, extra places that people can go to so that we can vaccinate them.
3: Kent Online reports.
2: Some other top stories today and a 17-year-old boy from Kent has been arrested after a teenager was stabbed to death in Essex. Luke Belfield, who was 18, died after being attacked in an alleyway near Southend last Friday. The Kent boy has been questioned on suspicion of assisting an offender and theft of a motor vehicle. The driver of a tractor is in a serious condition in a London hospital after a crash in Wingham. The man in his 40s had to be flown there yesterday after suffering a head injury when the vehicle, collided with a lorry on the A257. The government has agreed to pay £1.2 million to reimburse Kent police for the cost of dealing with the border closure over Christmas. You might remember thousands of lorries were stranded in the county when France brought in strict coronavirus measures in December. £850,000 has also been given to the force for its work at Napier Barracks in Folkestone, which is being used to house asylum seekers. Meantime, a man will go on trial in August following a suspected arson attack at the barracks. 14 people were arrested during a protest last month over conditions at the military camp.
0: The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks.
2: Now, a day before the budget, we've been hearing from business leaders and owners in Kent to find out what they want the Chancellor to say. Rishi Sunak's under a huge amount of pressure to help the economy recover after the pandemic. It's rumoured schemes similar to eat out to help out might return and there are calls for the stamp duty holiday to be extended. Well, first up, let's hear from Joe James, who's the chief exec of the Kent Invicta Chamber of Commerce.
4: I think overall looking at it, I think the, the priority for the, uh, the 21 budget really should be to set out a comprehensive plan to support businesses, cash flow and jobs throughout the year, alongside looking at longer term measures to support the restart, rebuilding and renew of the UK economy. And I think that has to start with how they support businesses with cash flow, because that's the key thing at the moment. Um, you know, and not just for the key sectors that we we all hear about. Um, it's been great that you know some stuff has been leaked over the weekend, so we know that there's additional funding going into to grant uh, grant support for sort of retail and hospitality and leisure sectors. And the one thing we wanted that, you know, these should be extended really through the whole of 21, 22. Um, We don't know the announcement. We know we know the sum, but we don't know how long they're going to be there for. But really, they do need them throughout the financial year. Um, But but it's not just looking at uh, those in that sector. I would like to see support for the supply chain because so many in the supply chain have totally fallen between the gaps in all this support. And if we're going to look at a successful restart of these sectors, they need to have the supply chain there in place. Um, Obviously, business rates relief, that should also be extended to all businesses who are eligible to sort of generate revenues. They've been severely impaired. uh, and, And I think, you know, we need to look at business rates relief continuing for those as well. And I think with the the when it comes to the grant support, you know, it has been, you know, it has been some would say generous, but actually it's not been enough. Um, and I know at the end of the day, there's not a bottomless pit, and all this has to be paid for. But what I wouldn't want the government to do is to stop now. You know, we can see we've got our roadmap. We we can see an end in sight now. Um, and, and we need to ensure that we're going to give businesses the best opportunity to actually start that recovery. So, you know, there's got to be sufficient funds for individual businesses to provide the support that they need. And and that's got to be across sectors. Next, Ish has been speaking to Jonathan Neame. He's the chief exec of Shepherd Neame,
2: Britain's oldest brewery based in Fabersham. The hospitality sector has suffered a huge amount during the pandemic and is very keen to start welcoming customers back. But Jonathan says they need support to do that.
5: We're looking for an extension of the support we had last summer. In other words, uh, a cut in business rates for a further year extension of the lower rated VAT for a further year through to March 22, uh, a tapering off of the furlough to the end of June, which is when we hope all restrictions will be lifted, uh, and a rebasing of beer duty. Uh, The essential challenge for everyone in hospitality is that we've all suffered huge cash losses, our cash reserves are very thin, uh, and we need the opportunity to have a strong bounce back and to recover our balance sheets as quickly as possible. Without that type of support, is there a real prospect of many businesses really suffering in the upcoming year? Potentially more job losses, potentially more um, in the industry going out of business entirely? Uh, Absolutely, that's the case. Um, Cash reserves are right on the edge. About 700,000 people have already lost their jobs in the sector, and approximately one in 10 outlets uh, will never reopen. Um, the minute that financial support goes from the government and unless the recovery is very immediate and very strong uh, then many more businesses will go out of business and that is always the case in the recovery phase after any economic shock it just so happens this has been uh, the strongest but I think the issue is far more than that because after the great financial crash what we saw then is that one in six jobs that were created in the immediate aftermath were all in hospitality and almost all of them were under 25-year-olds. So what you're doing is if you don't support this sector, you're staving off the opportunity for a strong recovery and job creation uh, through into 2022 and beyond.
2: Finally, we've been chatting to Katie Hancock, who owns the Chair Hair Salon in Canterbury. She's been telling Ollie how disruptive
1: the past year has been. It's been utterly devastating to actually have your business over that you've built up over 16 years, employing 25 members of staff to be closed for six months, but not only that, open and closed and open and closed, um, the, the mental health of my team, um, me, <laughs> you know, any business owner to be put through this has been absolutely horrific. It really has been. And I really do hope that this is the last time that we do this. I really do
5: it's interesting what you're saying about opening and closing because there, there was that period wasn't there when we came when we eased out of lockdown the first time over the summer during that time was that enough time for you to get the business back to a point you were happy with again because obviously things then very quickly closed down again for the second lockdown
1: yeah absolutely I mean it was and the thing is it's kind of all or nothing it, it kind of You have a six week period where everyone wants you, everyone wants to get in and then you have a lull, obviously, and then obviously to to manage your business, to, to set up and run really fast and then to kind of almost slow it down. It's, it's huge. And, um, and to try and protect your team and make sure you're doing it safely, because obviously we had had all the social distancing in place. We really had to make sure that it was safe for our team, safe for our clients. And that was, again, this is the difficulty when we're reopening as well in the fact that you know we're you know we're rebooking the clients that we were closed obviously on the 19th of December which was utterly heartbreaking um to have those five days of business closed and then obviously we're coming back to reopening and you're you know you're trying to kind of stage your clients space them out you know and and you're limited but obviously you're turning away business um it's yeah it's it's incredibly difficult incredibly difficult. I'm really hoping to hear that, you know, the help and off and support that they've offered to the hospitality sector, which is a 5% VAT, um, is extended to hairdressers. Because at the end of the day, we employ around 300,000, our sector employs around 300,000 people. We bring in around £9.2 billion pounds to the GDP of this country. We're a sector that is incredibly important. And there was a recent survey, I think it was about 62% of hairdressers don't think that they're going to be able to survive until the end of this financial year. And that is absolutely huge. We offer, we're one of the biggest employers of uh, apprentices in this country. And to to, to, to see that being in jeopardy because of this, and all we're asking is for us to be extended the same offer as what hospitality have, have had. Um, you know it's been utterly crippling we still have insurance to cover we still have rent or mortgages to pay services to pay it, it really is um, it, it has been absolutely you know and you're forced to close there's no there's no oh I'm just going to open and do a couple of days de- we, we cannot open we are not allowed to trade and to have our, my, our businesses closed for six months yeah you, you just can't survive
2: We'll have details on what's said in the budget in tomorrow's podcast, but before that, you can tune into our sister radio station, KMFM, and follow our socials for updates as it all happens.
0: Kent Online News
2: Kent Businessman is warning there could be a serious crash because of huge potholes on the A2 between Canterbury and Faversham. Josh McGill was towing his mobile cafe along the road when a tyre burst. he's now calling for action he even recorded his journey counting the potholes as he went to previous point
3: this is the slip road from canterbury about to join the a2 on the way to fabersham so i'm making this video because last night on my way back from home trying to avoid the numerous amount of humongous potholes in the road i hit one and it completely blew the tyre on the wagon of my business and I'm extremely upset on this video we're going to count how many of these huge potholes there are starting with this huge one which blew my tyre last night here we go coming up look at the size of that hole You could fit a small child down there. Unbelievable. What the hell is a hole like that doing
2: in the middle of a motorway road? You can see that video in full at kentonline.co.uk. We've contacted Highways England and they say they plan to resurface some sections of that road in the coming weeks. There are calls for this year's Kent Test to be scrapped. The exam determines which children are able to apply for a grammar school place in the county. With GCSEs and A-levels being determined by teacher assessment this year, it's been suggested the 11-plus results are decided in the same way. Joanne Bartley is from campaign group Comprehensive Future.
0: Children have had a very different learning experience. You know, on one hand, you'll have a child who's got an 11-plus tutor, you know, twice a week, at home and another on the other hand you'll have a child who's who's trying to learn at home with a parent who hasn't got time to help so I mean trying to find some way in all this this mess is is a good is a good thing to look at rather than just going ahead with the test as if as if nothing's happened and that's that's completely mad <laughs> but uh, I mean there are problems with the teacher assessment approach too and and I would support doing what every grammar school in Northern Ireland has done, which is just end the test and have just open admissions and distance instead. But um, I mean, they've proved it can be done. So <laughs> about 63 grammar schools, there's only 32 in Kent. So, you know, I think there's, there's, a, there's a time for, for grammar school leaders and governors to actually look at what is the ethical approach in this situation. And is that really to try and judge children who've had very, very different learning experiences how
5: can you do that <laughs> and we already know don't we that we have head teacher assessments as part of the process yeah. i mean are you are you confident that you could rely on those and the the kind of the tracking of pupils at primary school to to come to the right decisions
0: well that's just it there's so you know evidence on how pupils have performed at school is very messed up as well I mean basically children have had very varied learning experiences so it can't be equitable to try and judge them by the same standards this year it's just it's just very hard to do and even the head teacher assessment panels have a very big problem in that some schools use them a lot some schools don't use them much you know, it's just uh, it's it just adds sort of more uncertainty to the whole
2: process. Joanne was speaking to our political editor, Paul Francis. Almost half of you who voted in our poll at Kent Online also think the Kent test should be cancelled. A pub in Ramsgate is going to be turned into housing after the owner said it would be impossible to reopen, partly due to competition from a nearby Weatherspoon. The man who bought the Foresters Arms three years ago has been given permission to create two homes on the site. Cruise ships could be used to house thousands of construction workers who are needed to build a huge theme park in North Kent. Bosses behind the multi-million pound London Resort project on the Swanscombe Peninsula are looking into the idea of using boats on the River Thames to accommodate staff. And a Kent pub is being used to film a new TV drama. Scenes for Cockney and Scouse will be shot at Ye Old Leather Bottle in North Fleet near Gravesend this week.
3: Kent Online Sport.
2: Football and Gillingham are back in League One action tonight. They welcome MK Dons to Priestfield following a one-all draw away at Portsmouth at the weekend. With tonight's opposition are in 14th place in the table. That's just one position and one point above the Gills. Here's boss, Steve Evans.
0: Ross has done a terrific job. I've got a lot of respect for the owner. For many, many chats with him over the years about different things. Um, they're, they're full of good players. Full of good players. Something two or three or four of those boys, if not, some have playing the championship, I will possibly play in the championship come next season and they're proving that with the performance, they'll be expansive, they'll be passing, Russ is a young man, I've got a lot of time for, he's a, he's a young man who will do very well in this game of management, so we uh, we know it's going to be a, a tough evening for us, like they all are in league one, I don't, I don't see a game in the horizon for us, there's nothing other than we say, tough, this is a tough encounter today, but so has got to Wimbledon on Tuesday, who, it has to be said, I've got, lovely new stadium and a
2: terrific club behind us. kick tonight is at 6. Listen to KMFM for Match Reaction tomorrow morning, which we'll, of course, have on the podcast as well later on in the day. Well, thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the IM News app. And by doing that, you'll have access to all of KM Group's newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk.
3: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.